Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Catholic Halos podcast. I'm Veronica Ambuel, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Colorado Springs, and I'm joined today by Deacon Patrick Jones, who's an award-winning author of Catholic fiction and the founder of Catholic Halos, and Deacon Doug Flynn, who is the Chancellor and General Counsel for the Diocese. Uh, before we begin our discussion today, Deacon Patrick, would you lead us in an opening prayer? In nomine Patris, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. And I wanted to uh, end um, opening prayer <laughs> with uh, the collect from the uh, Latin Rite uh, Mass for today that we're recording this is the Feast of St. Lawrence in uh, both the uh, Novus Ordo and the traditional calendar. Um, and it speaks to the purpose of pilgrimage, which is our topic for today. Um, grant us, we beseech thee, almighty God, to extinguish the flames of our evil dispositions, as thou didst grant blessed Lawrence to overcome the fires of his torments. Amen. Yeah, so um, as Deacon Patrick mentioned, we thought we would, since uh, World Youth Day uh, is just concluded and still kind of fresh in our minds and in the headlines, um, we thought we would talk about just what what are the ways that um, pilgrimages kind of um, play into our Catholic faith and and can be useful for us um, spiritually. Um, we were in a meeting with uh, Bishop Golka this morning, and he was describing, and he attended World Youth Day himself, along with um, a group from our diocese. He was explaining how um, it was this this was not a relaxing trip for, for most of the people that were the, most of the young people that were there um so in the case in the case of um most of the young people who attended the final mass with uh pope francis uh, that happened i i think uh, sunday morning they had the day before they had set out Saturday morning in um, 100 degree temperatures and walked for, I think he said at least six miles, may, maybe longer in some cases. And then they were um, sleeping outside in a field uh, and then the next morning, you know, when they got up, then the um, the Pope would be there to say the mass. So the, and, and, you know, I think most of the world youth days, uh, I haven't been to one myself, but they have followed a similar format, but it, it definitely se seems like the, um, 
kind of the struggle or the the deprivation that's involved in attending it is is part of the experience that the organizers of this are you know tr- creating actually you know that that we um that it's a sacrifice for the the people t- to to be there it's a joyful event and everything like that but but there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that maybe isn't you know quite so pleasant so um i know that uh one of the one of my friends her daughter was at world youth day and prior so prior to this the actual kind of official event they had walked the camino in um spain uh which is also, you know, in English is known as the way of St. James. And their g- group of young women was walking an average of like 15 miles a day. <laughs> um, and again, and, you know, this is in the middle of summer and, it, and it's hot. And uh, one of the things that my friend brought up about her daughter's experience is that, you know, this is probably the longest any of them have gone without having cell phone service in a long time. So even that is sacrifice. But I think it points to the idea that um, pilgrimages are not just trips that we take, so to speak. They're, they're, meant, they're meant to put us in a, a different mind frame spiritually and help us to um, detach from kind of the normal everyday comforts that we all enjoy, um, even though those things aren't bad in and of themselves, but that kind of by, um, by physically, we're, we're kind of like physically acting out in a sense, our, you know, our desire to be united with Christ and, um, and maybe we're going to be able to um, hear his voice a little more clearly when we're um, in this uncomfortable, but yet uh, maybe more attuned kind of state of mind. So um, I think, uh, and and it doesn't necessarily have to be a multi-day thing. I know um, in Opus Day, one of our um, tradition, our customs is to make a May pilgrimage where we're simply saying the rosary um, while walking to like a Marian shrine or a church named after the Blessed Mother. So uh, it's something that literally could be finished in an hour and a half, two hours. Um, but again, it's it's kind of like that mm, more sacrificial or um, penitential, you know, however you want to describe it, um, thing of saying, no, we're going to walk, you know, we're not, we're not going to drive in our air conditioned car and all that sort of thing. Um, And, you know, and, and uh, so, so anyway, you know, pilgrimage can be, pilgrimages can take different forms, but I, it seems like it has a pretty firmly established place in Catholic spirituality. A pilgrim is as a pilgrim does. Is that what you just said? Uh, I I asked my research team, also known as my wife and daughters. Um, they had told me of uh, a nun from the, I believe, 1200s. Um, she was in a German monastery. 
uh, cloistered and she uh, had uh, gout, um, unable to walk and function very well because of that. And um, she'd had that for quite a while and they couldn't find a way to cure it, unsurprisingly, in the 1200s. And St. Peter Martyr uh, was um, fairly new. Uh, as a saint, as a uh, martyr, as a saint. And um, she wanted to visit his tomb, but being cloistered and being unable to travel because of the very reason she wanted to visit his tomb, uh, because there had been reports of uh, multiple miracles there. Uh, She couldn't. And so she mapped out how long would the trip take and it was 13 days. So she prayed 100 Our Fathers uh, in honor of St. Peter Martyr. And each day she felt a little better. And on the last day, she knelt as if she were at the tomb uh, and devoutly prayed the whole Psalter. So all the Psalms. Um, and then after this, there was just a little bit of pain left. She made the return journey the same way as she had before praying a hundred, uh, our fathers per day to get back to her cloistered, uh, uh, monastery that she never left. And, um, before she, uh, before the end of her pilgrimage, she was completely cured. Um, and that, that comes from the golden legend and it gives us a beautiful understanding of, um, what St. Teresa of Avila refers to, uh, and I don't, I didn't have time. I forgot to get the quote. It just popped into my head that, to, to give it now, but she, she speaks about how our life here, this carnal world, uh, is we're on a journey toward home. It is a pilgrimage and we're, but, uh, pilgrims at the inn on the side of the road. And, so if we have that mindset of a pilgrimage, uh, and enter into prayer with that, um, it can be very much, uh, I, I can't think of the right word, but mystically exfoliating, mystically, uh, mm-hmm. cleansing, purifying. Mm-hmm. uh, purifying for, uh, helping us to, um, much like confession, turn away from sin and, uh, live fully the gospel, uh, as we run towards Christ instead. Yeah. And, and, um, Deacon Patrick, I'm glad you brought up that example of that nun who in a sense made a, you know, pilgrimage, um, she made it up, but she didn't make it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, um, but, you know, for the specific intention of being healed of that illness, because um, I know I've read a number of stories similar to that over the years. I mean, in most cases, the people did actually make the journey, but it was it was for a specific intention. And, you know, oftentimes it does have to do with physical healing. Um, you know, we here in our diocese, but a lot of other places in the world, we have the order of Malta that brings, um, each pretty much every year other than I think in 2020, because of, um, 
COVID, but um, brings seriously ill people to Lourdes, um, you know, where the Blessed Mother appeared. And we know that is a huge, huge pilgrimage site um, where, where people um, seek healing. And so um, that, you know, the whole thing of um, if, I mean, it's just something to, for us to, yeah, to think about. I mean, if we have like an urgent intention, um, someone, either ourselves or someone in our family uh, is struggling with a serious illness, um, is there a way to make a pilgrimage? Um, and we do have places here in the United States that people can visit. You don't necessarily. In Colorado. Yeah, even in Colorado, right? We know, of course, we know the Mother Cabrini Shrine is um, pretty prominent and pretty pretty easy to get to. Um, and the Stations of the Cross down in San Luis Valley is, right, is another one, right? Yeah. And so then the Chimayo, uh, this is New Mexico, obviously, but it's northern New Mexico. Uh, Chimayo um, Chapel, uh, where the there's, you go into it and it's, there's a, a, a pit um, to scoop out holy dirt. Yeah. And, and, um, there, and then there's some that are a little further. Well, they're definitely further away, but still in this country, um, there's the shrine of Our Lady in Guadalupe, Our Lady of Guadalupe, excuse me, um, in Wisconsin. That's very well known. Um and also, the I think another one in in Wisconsin is now called Our Lady of Champion. Um, in Wisconsin, again, not too far away from there. So, if you you know, fortunately, with the internet, that you can um, research so many of these places very easily, and and um, maybe even you know uh, plan a visit. Uh, if you're doing like a road trip or something, but, um, well, and you don't have to have a specific intention. You can give your intentions and the sacrifices you're making during a pilgrimage to the blessed Virgin Mary. And she knows where to put them. Uh, so you don't have to have a specific, uh, intention, uh, but you can as well. Well, speaking of the uh, Mother Cabrini Shrine, <laughs> or you may not know you have an intention. I'll, I'll never, one, one of the things that um, mm -hmm. will, will forever be in my memory is that um, we, my, uh, this is going back to uh, 2003, but uh, my husband and I took the kids there and, um, uh, you know, they walked up and down the stairs and um, that kind of thing. Um, if you've been there, you know that there's a there's a very long uh, stair out, outside staircase that leads to um, a large statue. I, I think it's of of Christ um, at like the top of the hill there. Any anyway, um, and we we so we went there and then the the very next day is when i took my son to the doctor and found out that he mm. had a tumor but it, i just thought it was so interesting how god worked it out you know mm. was that 
we made this pilgrimage before we kind of knew something was wrong. I won't go into all those details, but um, never dreamed, never dreamed that he uh, had cancer. So, um, but yes, I, I mean, you, you, it's true. You don't have to have a special intention and um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's just a, it can be a great opportunity to, you know, pray the rosary as a family or some other um, devotion. Uh, yeah. For not necessarily for a specific reason. Well, I've not been blessed to um, be able to make a pilgrimage, but a uh, little funny story, Bishop Golka told me that he had wanted to take the diocesan staff on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land in 2024. And so he talked to a uh, travel agent or the people who set these things up uh, to try and get a tour for 50 people. And then he thought, well, I'll just, I'll just mention it to my family first. And the next day, 48 of the 50 slots were filled with his family. So <laughs> yeah. Maybe 2025 we'll have better luck. <laughs> blessings of having a big family. Well, I, you know, but it, it is, um, it is interesting. Uh, it's all in how it's presented, I suppose. Um, it, in, in, uh, 1990, since I, um, finally had a, full-time job and, and some money of my own, I was able to um, go with a group of college girls to an annual trip called Unive that takes place in Rome. Um, again, it's always during, during Holy Week, so it's, can, you know, can, it could be March or April. Um, and one of the interesting things about that trip was that um, and these girls were from all over the, the country. I, at the time, was living in Chicago, but there were some from St. Louis, some from Colorado. And whether it was on purpose or accidentally, apparently the leaders of the trip hadn't exactly mentioned all the little details about what it was going to be like, um, like the fact that we weren't going to be staying in hotels. We were going to be staying in, we basically were staying like, as often happens, right, in Europe, like converted monasteries, you know, where the accommodations are nice but very simple. And our meals were in like a – it was kind of like being back in the college cafeteria, you know, um, uh, which in the 80s weren't so great. And um, so – You were staying in hostel youth – I mean youth hostels? It, it was a cut above that, but – Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but, it, um, but it was very um, – yeah, I mean, it was not like a vacation, right? And and uh, some of the girls were really struggling a lot with that. And I, and I again, I think it was just a miscommunications. They they weren't told, and but um, it was inter it was interesting how how um, as as you know as the week went on. Once they got over the fact that they weren't going to be doing any shopping and, um, you know, that the meals were just very simple, like like a bowl of soup and some bread. Um, and they actually kind of embraced the experience of, of being there. Then uh, things got a lot better. Um, one of the things that we had the opportunity to do, uh, and again, you know, during Holy Week, this was very meaningful, was to... Um, in in Rome, they have the uh, and and I'm 
wish I could remember the location, but they have the stairs that is are believed to be the ones that Christ climbed uh, when he was brought before Pilate. And there are um, drops of blood that are preserved in these stairs covered over like with a like clear plastic. And we got to um, go up those stairs on our knees, you know, um, well, I, I believe we were doing the stations of the cross, but um, it makes the whole passion narrative come to life when you have experiences like that. And yes, it was extremely uncomfortable <laughs> to be kneeling on marble for, um, you know, an hour or whatever it was at the time. But it, like it's, it seems that um, when we're able to um, put our own or, you know, get through that discomfort and, and kind of uh, it, almost embrace it, then, then a lot of um, spiritual fruits really can happen, you know. And I mean, especially, and, and I think that's really the whole, you know, part of the goal of World Youth Day is, and it's, it was mentioned several times, you know, that the World Youth Day in Denver in 1993 had um, borne the fruit of many priestly and religious vocations. And that's always um, one of the hope for fruits, you know, that young people will be inspired to give themselves more fully to God in some way or another um, through this. So it's, it's not like suffering just for its own sake. It's um, with, with the purpose of, you know, really give, inspiring people to be generous with their, with their lives. Well, and going off the inspiration of the uh, nun from the 1200s, um, you know, a lot of people go for a run or a walk on a daily basis as part of their daily constitutional um, or their uh, commuting in traffic. And these are excellent times to pray the rosary. Uh, you can get a simple chaplet rosary that's just uh, one decade, and then it's not the whole uh, five or more uh, decades all together. Uh, which can get bulky and awkward um, as you're out and about. Um, and you can map out, okay, if I was doing a pilgrimage, and I may want to actually do it someday, but maybe I can do it each year. Maybe I can do it this year. And so what is the um, what is the distance? What would I walk per day? Um, and what would I do once I got there and have your actions mirror that, um, in some way so that your prayer intention is having you on that pilgrimage. Um, and the, the, one of the definitions of, of pilgrimage is that they don't go the way you expect them to go. As you alluded to Veronica, I've, uh, I've done a couple of, uh, attempted human powered, uh, pilgrimages to, um, Chimayo. And, um, they, uh, I, I never did complete one fully human powered, but they did get completed because my 
family came and picked up my carcass where <laughs> my brain got overloaded and uh we completed it then the rest of the way um and so it's it's a uh it's a beautiful chance to uh learn to unite our sufferings and challenges with Christ uh, on his way to the cross um, and to humbly accept the, the uh, challenges that God gives us to fortify us against um, sin and to uh, fortify us for the journey as we run toward him. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's an interesting point, Deacon Patrick, like, Part part of the um, pilgrimage experience itself is, in a sense, that you're kind of um, that you know abandoning yourself, uh, put putting yourself more, you know, fully uh, trusting in God. I guess you know that you right. It's not you don't know exactly. Um, you may not know exactly like if you're going to be, um, sleeping in comfortable conditions, you know, um, that we, in that, uh, we've probably all seen that movie, um, the way that Martin Sheen made a few years ago, um, where he's doing the, uh, the Camino and, um, he, <laughs> he's, he starts off pretty, bound and determined that he's just going to do it on his own, but he kind of little by little, you know, um, finds himself in this group of, uh, I, I, misfits might be a little bit too strong of a word, but they're just, you know, odd ducks in some way or another. And, um, we know nothing about that here on this podcast. (laughs) Well, you know, but the thing is, it's like the, uh, the part of the the pilgrimage for him because he's he's he doesn't seem to have any trouble actually doing the walking per se but it's putting up with all the irritations that these people bring his way because you know he he you know some of them are slowing him down or um they you know have all sorts of problems whatever and and so um like he it, it some somehow he um he he learns to be more um oh, i guess uh you know loving and uh charitable to this group who uh originally he just wanted nothing to do with i think it, i have to go back and watch the movie but i think he you know tries several times to kind of ditch them you know and and uh they they just they just keep coming back but um wait we're talking about a movie that you've seen <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I have actually. <laughs> First time for everything. Yeah, I have. Oh, I have wow. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so we we are keeping up the tradition. Oh, good. To some okay. Extent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a cute move. Well, I, I cute's probably not the right word. Um, I mean, you know, as with anything in Hollywood, um, the let's just say the 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 Catholic elements maybe aren't always explained or shown in a way that you would desire. 
but there was there definitely there is a very striking um there are some striking scenes in it and one i think is when they get to santiago de compostela and they have that massive thurible that swings from one uh end of the it's an, the incensor yeah the sensor right uh i i think and things got to be five or six feet tall in in if you're standing next to it but um it's a lot of incense <laughs> yeah it's, it's a lot of incense and so it's like i said i mean there are definitely some things that are cringe cringe worthy uh one unfortunate thing that i know um we've touched on in other podcasts is i i, I think he spread somebody's ashes in the ocean at the end but but still in all um it's it's a good i i'd say on balance the the pros outweigh the cons and and um it's just a it's just a good way if if um for somebody who is ever interested in making that pilgrimage it would probably be a good way to get introduced to it but um so you're saying that if you fail on uh, in a pilgrimage that that's if well if you don't fail on the pilgrimage you're doing it wrong and if you <laughs> fail to fail well that's a failure itself so you <laughs> as long as you're humble about it you can't go wrong <laughs> uh, catholic logic <laughs> yeah no definitely i mean if you get to the end and you s say that you've never felt better that could that could be a sign a, a problem but um well, we are uh, just about out of time for our discussion today, but just want to remind everybody that you can find this episode and all past episodes of Catholic Halos on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, several other platforms. So feel free to uh, check us out there. Um, before we end today, uh, Deacon Doug, could you lead us in a closing prayer? Sure. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc in anora mortis nostrae. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of the Catholic Halos podcast. <laughs>